0: Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. We're going to do a mini pod today because of some technical issues we've had this week. Lots happening right now. The Rockets trade Depot, the Astros sign McCullers, and then there's Deshaun Watson. Oh, brother, that's a whole other mess. But joining me is my co-host and regular sidekick, a fellow H-Town sports junkie, longtime journalist Stephen Kerr, and Stephen Rockets GM Raphael Stone just got punked by the Miami Heat's Pat Riley. They basically sell Oladipo for two expiring contracts and a potential first-round swap with the Heat in a couple of years. The problem is, unless they're swapping that Brooklyn first-round pick, then it's worthless because the odds are the Rockets will be much worse than the Heat. And right now, if I'm being honest with you, Steven, after the way he's totally gotten screwed, and I'm talking about Raphael Stone on this trade and the Harden trade, because basically you're counting on, you know, the the net somehow being terrible in four or five years, which is still very much up in the air, then it looks like Rafael Stone is, is no better than, you know, a, a Bill O'Brien type general manager. And Tillman <laughs> Fertitta is a, a, a bad owner like Cal. I mean, those two guys are looking terrible. And I'm, I'm going to talk about Fertitta in a second, but... What did you think of all this?
1: Well, I, I, I hesitate to say that Tillman T- Fertitta is as bad an owner as Cal McNair. He's going to have to show me a little more than that before I'm ready to put him in that category. But, you know, if if you just looked at the, the, all the depot trade by itself without including Harden, I mean, you, you had a guy that obviously he turned down an extension, so he wasn't going to be here. But the fact is that this just makes the James Harden trade look even worse <laughs> because, that's really the only asset that the Rockets got other than draft picks that may or, not, may or may not be able to be used. That That's all you got as far as a, a player is concerned from the James Harden trade that's going to figure into the Rockets' plans at all. I mean, I mean these other two guys that they've got they haven't even played for the team. So now you get rid of Oladipo for, as you said, a couple of guys, you know, decent players, but that they're into their contracts. So who's to say that either one or both of them will even be back next year. And again, the the draft choices, you know, trying to analyze what teams have for the draft and this year and the years after that, it's about as complicated as the salary
0: cap and everything else. So, yeah, my head is spinning at this point, Robert. Yeah, and and let's let's just quote ESPN's Bobby Marks because he said he said, "Hey, look, I spoke to 10 teams." They don't understand why the Rockets didn't take Levert in that trade. And and while I'm not a Karis Levert fan, Stephen, because he's kind of a Will Fuller, Eric Gordon type, always injured, at least his value would have been better in a deadline deal because he's under contract for a couple of years. He's not an expiring deal. He's not a short-term rental in a in a pandemic year. And the other thing is you also, and they didn't mention this guy, but I, again, I keep going back to Jared Allen. This team needs size and you know, goodness knows he might get $20 million in this offseason, but you would have his bird rights and you would actually have him as a res- as restricted free agency, I believe, but you at least have his bird's rights. So you would have him under basic control and, you know, you paid almost $20 million for uh, somebody like Capella, but he still had value when you dealt him if, if it doesn't work out, but you need size next to. Christian Wood, I just it just there's so many ways that this thing has gone off the track. Well, you know, here's the thing. Yes, the Rockets need assets
1: as as much as they need talent. They they still need assets of you know of long term value, and that's something like Karis LeVert would offer. I, you know, we talked about him before the James Harden trade as, you know, maybe a name that had been bandied about, and you and I, as, as you said, neither one were really big fans of that, but you're getting players that, again, you know, they may give you something this season, and they may not. I mean, Bradley, he's averaging 47.6% from the floor, but he's only played 10 games this year. And his career average from three-point range is actually the very same career average from three that Kelly Olenek has. They both are 36.5% from three-point range, and uh, Olenek's averaging 10 points. And about 43.1% shooting. But again, how long are these guys going to be here? That's that's really the big question. And you know, what are you doing as far as nailing your future in the draft with with this type of trade?
0: Yeah, the, these guys—they got—they're—they're they're not going to be here. They're basically gone, just like Oladipo would have been gone. And you know, my quote on uh, Tillman Fertitta, which I just tweeted out, and this might be an overstatement, but while Houston's been preoccupied with Cal McNair, Tillman Fertitta as an owner so far in just a couple of years, got massacred in the Chris Paul deal, which everybody says he had more to do with that than, than Daryl Morey. That was not a Daryl Morey decision. He lets a hall of fame coach walk. You can say what you want to about Dan Tony, but look what Steven Silas has done this year. And I get it. He's been given a a, a, a crap sandwich, you know, for, for a situation, but still Mike D'Antoni, he's proven over and over again. He can get more out of guys, than, th- than it seems like are are available out there. And then he lets a top-five GM walk, not to mention what I think is trading an MVP for nearly nothing right. I mean, I just – look, Stephen, I'm going to be square up with you. We can – I will – with any fan that lets me know, $100. I'll put $100 down with anybody that they aren't getting a better player with these draft picks with from Brooklyn – than than Ben Simmons. And Ben Simmons was on the table. There's no doubt about that.
1: Well, you're probably right. And I agree with most of what you're saying. But let me ask you this. With the cards that the Rockets have right now, how much better of a job do you think Mike D'Antoni would have done
0: than Steven Silas? He would have done better. I mean, they would have gotten more wins. Um, You know, there wouldn't have been the whole thing about relearning an entire system. You know, you just don't know. I mean, if Mike D'Antoni's back, maybe he can whisper something into James Harden's ear, but still, I, you know, Mike D'Antoni has been around for a long time. He turned Jeremy Lynn into a superstar for three weeks. Let's not forget that. He did. He did. And yeah, you're talking
1: about the experience value versus a guy that, well, he's been a, a 20 plus year assistant. It's his first head coaching job, but I, I just, I'm not, I'm really not so convinced Robert that, you know, if if you had kept D'Antoni now, if you'd have kept Daryl Morey, yeah, I, I think some of this stuff might not have been happening, but keeping D'Antoni as opposed to Silas, I'm not so sure the Rockets would have been much better off than they are at this point, just with, with all the things that have happened and the players they do have. But then, you know, as you said, maybe some of these trades wouldn't have taken place and the Rockets would have had better assets if Daryl Morey
0: had stayed around. Yeah. I am just so down on this deal. If, if people out there disagree with me, it's info at Houston sports Uh connect with, with me on Twitter, Facebook, You know, we can discuss this a little bit, but I'm so down on the, on the hardened deal because now you literally got nothing besides those draft picks. And you know, the, the Astros also uh, made a deal this week, not a trade, but a signing. I'm interested in what you think of this, Steven Lance McCullers, basically five-year extension beyond this year. So they're going to have Lance McCullers for six years. Now that seems great, but they're going to be paying him close to $17 million a year for a guy that can't stay healthy all see you know for a full season.
1: Yeah, it's a 5-year 85 million dollar contract if i if i read that right and you know the biggest thing for Lance i mean the Astros certainly need pitching depth and and they need experienced starters but th- that is my question. I I don't know that he is worth that kind of money. Because of his health, he has not proven that. He has not pitched in a full 162 game season yet and you know while he's looked good this spring and he showed flashes last season that Maybe he was returning to health it's not enough of a sample size to say, "Hey, this guy can be an ace I, I think I read in The Chronicle this morning that you know they, they're projecting him obviously to be a future ace well i haven't seen that yet in terms of consistency and certainly in terms of durability you know you' you've, you've got to be really on it, but what it does do, Robert, is it certainly solidifies the astro's pitching rotation a lot more, especially if you're if you're going to lose Zach Rinke and Justin Verlander next year, you know, you're gonna have Fromber Valdez, you're gonna have Jose Architi, Christian Javier, and um I'm I'm missing a name here besides McCullers. I'm drawing a blank here, but you you've got a five man rotation if and only if everybody can stay healthy. So that is I I guess the good thing of signing McCullers, but in the long term, is he really gonna be worth eighty five million dollars over five years? Well, The only way that question is going to be answered is if he can stay healthy for the next several years and give you some quality
0: innings. Yeah. Jake Odorizzi. Jake Odorizzi. That's who it is. Yeah. Throw his name into that mix too. And the thing about it though, is if I'm going to spend money, I just thought it would have been better to spend money on George Springer than a combination of Lance McCullers and Michael Brantley. I just don't trust Lance McCullers health. And if I'm going to, spend money, I'm just like, yeah, I trust George Springer over the next few years way more than I trust a combination of a McCullers and Brantley, which you're spending more money on than you, you would be spending it on Springer.
1: And let's not forget Carlos Correa, because if they don't negotiate a deal with Carlos Correa between now and the season starts, which, you know, is next week, then who's to say that after this year, you're not going to see Carlos Correa in an Astros uniform either, more than likely, if if you're judging from the history. So, Don't you think that money would even be better spent? I mean, George Springer is gone. There's nothing you can do now. Wouldn't that money be much better spent if they had tried to nail down
0: Carlos Correa first? Yeah, keep in mind that John Heyman is reporting that the Astros offered six years for, I believe it was $120 million for Correa, basically $20 million a year, six-year extension. So my thought there is, and he's saying Correa is there's, he's not... Likely now, there's not likely to, because they're, they're not close. My thought there right. is Correa could walk. Um, So we're picking McCullers, we're picking Brantley, and I get it. They're a little bit cheaper than those other guys. But I, I would rather have one of those other guys, either Springer or Correa, over McCullers. I just think those two guys are way more valuable than Brantley and McCullers. And I, I mean, I understand some guys are cheaper, might be easier to get rid of later down the road, if if things are not going well, or you need to get rid of the money, you could trade them. But you know that that's a big deal. The the other story we got to talk to talk about for just a little bit. And boy, this is complicated. It's going to be a lot longer conversation. I know between you and me, Stephen, later on. But the Deshaun Watson deal, I mean, it, it, it's gotten messier and messier and messier. And we're at, we're kind of at the point of no return. I mean, I think he is painted into a corner. So he's either going to have to settle. Or this is going to be a long, drawn-out process. He's going to be suspended by the NFL. I would imagine it could easily be a season suspension, and I get there's been other suspensions between players and you know what's gone on in their private life related to stuff like this, but nothing with this many women this extensively. And we're a few years later down the road than some of these other uh, situations like Ben Roethlisberger – the Texans are in in trouble because basically, I don't know. How, I don't know what his value is now because now if he's suspended for a season, and that's hanging over his head. What is another team going to do? They might have to bite the bullet, hold on to him. If he don't want to play, he doesn't play. But you know, there's a good chance he's not going to play anyway. Stephen, they're they're backed up against the wall big time. The Texans are, and Deshaun Watson. I mean, this is about as sad as it gets. We're seeing a guy's. Uh, reputation totally get exploded. And look, yeah, there's been no trial yet. You know, we we don't know everything yet, blah, 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 blah. But when you're talking about 20-something women and the specificity of these allegations that we're looking at, it's not looking good. Is there a word
1: worse than nightmare, Robert? Because this has been a nightmare even before this whole thing started, you know, with I want to be traded and the Texans saying, no, we're we're not going to trade you. And then this thing comes along. I'm I'm trying to think of a word that's even worse than nightmare, and I can't think of it because I mean this this just hurts on so many levels for both the Texans and Deshaun Watson, you know. And and the worst thing about this, Robert, uh, along with of course just the severity of these allegations, obviously, is you have a situation where the NFL, and they've done this on multiple occasions. You know, they did it to Ezekiel Elliott in 2017 when he he wasn't actually convicted of anything and and other players you know they they're they're jumping the gun and suspending these guys before anything is settled whether it's in a trial or a settlement or anything else you know the the NFL is playing god here basically and saying these players are guilty before they've even had a chance to do to have due process and i have a major problem with that and you know unfortunately whether it's fair or not it doesn't matter whether Deshaun Watson is guilty or not guilty of these. In the court of public opinion, in in today's world, when you have social media that basically rules everything, Deshaun Watson might as well be guilty because his, his reputation is tarnished no matter what, what the situation goes. And, and look, I don't want to sit here and speculate, you know. but we all do it, whether we want to or not. But as you said, there are just so many allegations being brought that it's hard to ignore. And regardless of how this thing turns out, Deshaun Watson has definitely painted himself into a corner, but he's also painted the Texans into a corner. Both sides are going to lose in this deal because when it's all said and done, you know, the Texans, if they do
0: have to trade him, they're not going to get near the value. I I just don't see it happening. Yeah. Keep in mind in the last year, the Texans got rooked out of DeAndre Hopkins in that deal. Just, you got almost nothing from, from DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL the Astros have lost George Springer for nothing. Deshaun at this point might get nothing for the Texans. I mean, who knows? And then the Rockets, you know, we just saw them get screwed in the Chris Paul trade and potentially screwed in the James Harden trade. In the meantime, Houstonians also got screwed out of electricity f- from Texas for one <laughs> week this year. It, it's just like it, we're, we're getting messed with, screwed with left and right, and, and none of it's our fault, Stephen. We're just sitting here minding our own business. Well,
1: you know what? And they got screwed in the James Harden trade twice now. So, I mean, not once. but It's bad to be screwed over once, but now you've done it. You, you've screwed yourself basically twice because you traded the only asset you had as a player that was going to do anything and, and virtually got nothing for him. So, yeah, Houston sports. I mean, thank God for the Cougars. I, mean, I don't want to jinx them or anything, but they are at least in the Sweet 16 of the NCAA tournament. That's better than all, all the rest of the teams have been. So regardless of what happens from this day forward with them, they're really about the only thing we can say good about it at this point, because everything else, quite frankly, just sucks right now, Robert. It just sucks. Oh, and my internet went down, so and, and I don't even live in Houston, so I guess I'm being punished, you know, for being uh, attached, you know, to Houston and all the teams I follow. I was down with internet for about a day. So yeah, it just it just gets worse before
0: it's getting better here. Yeah, if you want more of that positive cougar talk, because there is positive cougar talk, they're in the Sweet Sixteen, games on Saturday. Go back and listen earlier in the week. It's a really good conversation with Scott and Holman, podcast host, uh, Sam Raz. He does a fantastic job over there. And don't forget that we talked about Diki Giroux, and it might help him that he's getting an extra few days of rest because they're not playing until Saturday night with this new schedule, the way it worked out, and the way it worked out for the Cougars last weekend. So he gets a long stretch, really, of, of rest, and, and he's saying he's good to go. He said today, as, as me and Steven are talking, that he is healthy. He feels good. So great sign for the Cougars. We've got so much more to talk about in Houston sports next week. When Steven gets his Internet all uh, straightened out a little bit better, we're going to have a longer conversation. Uh, I, I hope uh, we got some good stuff to talk about with the Astros, because guess what, Steven? The Astros opening day is a week from today's a week from today, right? It's pretty close. Yeah,
1: it's April 1st. Yes, and that is something definitely to look forward to, regardless of, you know, we don't know how the Astros are going to do. But for me, Robert, baseball is my sport. So if there's anything that can help my turn around my attitude right now with all that's been going on this week, it is baseball season is starting from the major league level. I've already been watching, you know, a lot of college baseball because I'm a big college baseball fan. But, yeah, for me, opening day, April 1st, that's when I'm going to get excited about it and waiting for the Astros to start.
0: Yeah, just, I mean, we're almost there with the Astros uh, next week. It's hard to believe that the Astros are getting underway a week from today against the Athletics opening day out at Minute Maid Park, so that's pretty cool. Uh, Thanks for uh, stopping by with us on a little brief emergency podcast, and again, we were planning for a little bit longer, but Steven's been having some issues with his internet, so we're going to close things out and remind everybody to get a hold of us through Facebook or Twitter. Um, you can always send us your feedback, suggestions, questions, or topics. It's info at HoustonSportsTalk.net is a quick way to email us. Stay healthy and safe, everybody. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.